Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 38 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and me, Jake. In this episode, we'll be discussing the weekend's defeat against Rotherham. We've got a few listener questions, and we'll finish up by looking ahead to Friday's game against the Bastards. Enjoy! How are we, fellas? Are we good? As good as I can be after seeing that yesterday. Yeah, likewise, mate. Likewise. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. So, some days it's not fun to record the pod, is it? Yeah, today's just, it's one of them in it, really. There's been Ruffy. too many of them this season, to be honest. Yeah, I know they say rough is the smooth, but we've had our fair share of rough this year, haven't we? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully um, people can help smooth things out for us by heading over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finny. Uh, all the money that's received there helps us to keep the podcast and the website running. It's massively appreciated. Um, yeah, it does does help out big time. And we've now gone over 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you are listening to us on, on the Apple Podcast app or on your MacBook, um, make sure that you leave us a review. As I've stated in the past, it can be a five-star review and you can absolutely slate us in the comments if you want, um, just as long as it's a five-star. Um, yeah, now on to, on to yesterday. I didn't think, in all honesty, that I'd see a worse start to a home game this season than the Birmingham at home. Uh, when was it Riley McGree? I think put them one nil up inside like a minute. Yeah, but yeah, yesterday takes the biscuit, doesn't it? On that front, it was funny because I think about ten minutes before kickoff, we said um, it's a League One defence, so let's see how we get on. <laughs> yeah. um, you won't see a worse opening twenty seconds in football. No, throughout the football league, I don't think you'll see a worse opening twenty seconds this season. Um, I think from the kickoff, I think we think they're going to go long so to our right. They've gone, they've gone down our left. Um, it's just, you know, there's probably about seven or eight mistakes in there. And then it's ended up with Rafferty winning a header. <laughs> He's off balance as well, doesn't it? I think that's why it ends up in the bottom corner. But like you look at the mistakes in the midfield and it's just like, it's such a basic goal to concede. You know, no man, everything no about it, isn't it? Yeah, it's like look at if you look at like Ledson and Malumbi, like pretty much clashing with each other in the middle of the park, going for the same ball, and then it's just there's just so many issues with the goal. But and like the manager said as much last night, is he, he couldn't believe it either, and it just sets the tone. Then doesn't it? It's like it yeah. probably took us ten minutes to settle down after that point. After which, after that ten minute spell where we were a little bit all at sea, I thought. You know, we came into it really strongly and I thought we played some good football, created some good chances. Um, obviously, Anthony Gordon looked good when he got on the ball. You know, looked like he was creating stuff, a little bit exciting. Um, obviously, Evans has had the chance, decent decent opportunity. Without, you know, we, it's not like we've not created chances yesterday, yeah, that, think... but it's a good ball in by Ledson as well, to be fair, for, for Barkey's chance, which he's simply got to score. Yeah. You know, we can't, you know, everyone can point at the finger at the mistakes that we've made yesterday, but at the top to of the pitch, he has, he has to. to score. And you go in one, one apiece, what's that, about half an hour, 35 minutes? Yeah. You're in the ascendancy at that point, and it's a different game for me. And we talk about moments and chances quite a lot on this podcast, but that's a moment yesterday of the game when you've got to take it because it's a different game if that goes in. I think I think Paul Warren said after the game he, c- he couldn't believe that they went one 0 up at half time, went in at half time, winning the game because we've probably had four or five good chances in that first half. Evans had had the header save, like Jimmy says. Yeah, Barky's got a score. I'm not sure how Whiteman's free kick hasn't gone. I in. was just going to say that. Yeah, off the inside of the post, and then did it. I couldn't tell on the replay, but did it hit the back of the keeper, and then yeah. just still not yeah. end up over the line somehow. Yeah, and then. There's a shout for a Whiteman penalty. Gordon's had one that's just gone over. So, you know, considering that was a brand new attacking unit, I think it's Evans' first league start. Obviously, it's Gordon's near first. A brand new eleven. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's a new centre back partnership. Um, 
you know, Lindsay's not played for 12 months. Um, a you know, new it's back a new five unit if you include the keeper. Yeah, it's, it's a new keeper. It's a new midfield that's probably played two or three games together. The left back and the left winger have never played, you know, with each other. Anthony Gordon's gone from playing with Luca Dinia to playing with Andy Hughes. Um, you know, Rafferty and Bark is probably the only partnership that you've got on the pitch. Um, yeah. And it's not a partnership you want to see together very often, is it? So it was a brand, it, it, it sort of a team that you'd start a pre-season game with in July, but you're starting it in a league game. So, yeah, you know, I, I do... Like it obviously was exciting bringing in eight players, but I think it is just a sign of shit planning because you're never bringing eight players in January, ideally. You know, eight of the 20 in the squad yesterday weren't here six weeks ago. Well, yeah. Six out of the 11 weren't here in December. Yeah. You know, so we've got over half our team yesterday and new to us in the past month. So I think that says quite a lot. And to probably just lack that bit of fluidity at times, you know, in terms of, you know, players playing in the I suppose the Alex Neal way so yeah it was a little bit frustrating at times you look at that second goal and it's that's there's so many mistakes in it it's just frightening I, I know I thought it was five or six and when you broke it down further all there's probably the, you know upwards of double figures yeah. if like individual and team mistakes during that passage of play and it's just minging it's just horrible to watch it back and it just like every time you watch it back like you just see like even more little mistakes doing and you just can't afford to give a team that didn't deserve a win that sort of opportunity at one nil to double the lead. It's like it's criminal. Yeah. I think if you look at the second goal, I think you can see that we've left the wingers high yesterday. I thought I thought we were doing it first ten minutes, getting right up against their back three. So we had three V three, getting on the sides of their back three. Meant their wing backs were sort of three three players, um, Giles and Harden. And if you see the second goal, they're both free. If if the lad doesn't put it in, then the right wing back's free at the back post to stick it in as well. So I think that was something we tried. I think we wanted our quality to come out on top. But as soon as Rafferty presses the wing back early on in the move, Hunts is sort of in a wide area where he doesn't want to be, doesn't get back in. The gap's too big between the centre-backs. Whiteman doesn't screen the pass. Ledson's in no man's land. Hughes gets drawn across by the run. And then there's two men free at the back post. So it's just an absolutely horrendous goal to concede. And I think we are going to see a lot of that because, let's be honest, I think we've sold our two best defenders in the window and we've sold our defensive midfielder. Um, and you, I've said it before, you can carry one or two of these players in, in a strong back four. You've got, if you've got Fisher, Bauer, Davis and Rafi a left back, I think you can carry Rafi to a certain extent. But, you know, there's no quality in that back four for me. Um, and I think we have sold, you know, Fisher, Davis and Pearson are very good players for us and they've been massive players under Alex Neal. And I think, you know, that's Hugel, Robinson, Cunningham, Pearson, Davis, Fisher that we've sold since Alex Neal's come in. So none of, and none of them to, have been adequately replaced. No, ever. it's very hard. It's very hard to go forward when, you, when you're selling players like that. Yeah, we've replaced Greg Cunningham with Greg Cunningham two and a half years later. <laughs> Yeah. You know peak, what I mean? Peak Preston North End, isn't it? It's just frustrating, right? And it? mm. it's just one of those things that it, it's just really frustrating. I just think, you know, I, I look at the game and I was like, if, if you know, the chance at 1 0, I mean, it's like, who did Alan Brown back heel against? Was it Cardiff? Was it, it Birmingham? Or Birmingham, whoever it was, when he's back, back heeled it on the edge of the six yard box. And you just think that's the moment that the game has turned. Yeah. You know, and it's like the Barky chance yesterday. It's like that's happened that's again. It. Yeah. Well, it's not. It, I don't because obviously they played all right second half. It's not like they've down tools or anything like that. They've played all right, you know. But they just can't defend like they did for the second goal because it's just asking for trouble. You know, yeah. a, a team that's fighting for their lives down the bottom end of the table, and you you literally gift wrapping a goal for them. Of course, they're going to take it. You know, they're they're fighting for their lives. You know, they've got a couple of games now now over the bottom three. Even though they're probably not the best team I've seen this season, they've done the double over us. You know, they're the first team this season to take six points off us. Yeah, it's the first time they've done it in a decade. Two decades, sorry. Nine, 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 one. That's three. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> That's Jake's clanger in. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk to me about Batman. What do you think about him? He started really well, didn't he? But I think he tired at the second half and the sub was right. 
Uh, I know a lot of people have slated manager yesterday, called him all sorts on on social media last night. But I think he had to take him off. I, I barely touched the ball second half. You know, I think he played a little bit of a part in the corner um, routine that ended up in the goal. But I can't part from that. I don't really remember him touching the ball second half. And I think he had to take him off. You know, this, this kid's 19. You don't, really, you know, you don't want him to burn out in a game when... And I know people have like called out the sub because it was a triple sub at the time and they said, oh, why have they taken Gordon off and put pots on? I don't think that was the light for light change, personally. You know, he's put he's brought three off and he's brought three on. You know, I suppose in this day and age with, with COVID and like the five sub rule, he's sort of got to make it either two or a three sub if he wants to size all his subs. Mm. Um, whether you agree with, not, with pots coming on is another question, like, but I thought putting bringing Sinclair into the game and DJ, I thought it was probably the right thing to do at the time. But he almost combined for the goal, didn't he? Just marginally yeah. offside. And I didn't have an issue with the subs. I think I didn't think Gordon would start, to be honest. He's 19, he's just come in. He's not really played for Everton. He's been on the bench a lot, but he's not really played. So I was surprised that he got, you know, 60, 65 minutes. I thought he did quite well first half. He, he just looks like he's got something about him, doesn't he? Lively, mm-hmm. isn't he? Yeah, I think he just got quality as well. Like he linked up with Malumbi a few times. You can tell they're just good footballers. Yeah, a bit like Malumbi yeah. and Sinclair at Birmingham. They just yeah, just got an understanding straight off. He's never straight played away with any as of well. players. It it remind it reminds you how little we've utilised the loan market in the past. You know the fact that there are players like Anthony Gordon out there, mm-hmm. and we've failed to bring up until now someone like him in. in. Him yeah. in. Even yeah, well, if you look at our opponents on Friday, probably the best example of highly rated, highly rated Premier League uh, loanees: Harwell, yeah. Bellis, and Harvey Elliott. So, um, yeah, it's good to see him. Thought he did well. Thought he just added something different because even Barkley on the other side, for me, I know what we said the other day about no point beating a man if there's no one in the box, but he just doesn't want to beat a man anymore for me, Barkey. Um, yeah, I've got a question about Tom later on, so come on to that. Maybe in a bit more detail uh, at the end of this section, but another one that sort of stood out yesterday, and there's—I mean, there's already been a lot of people on social media. I don't even know what, but I've made my feelings on him being at the club very clear. They haven't changed, however, on the podcast we're here to talk about the football, so that's what we'll do. Um, and I thought Chad Evans played really well yesterday. Led the line really well. Um, did a job on their centre-back, played with aggression. Just, I think, overall, and he got his goal, obviously, as well. Could have had two. You know, it's a good save that he's brought out the keeper in the first half. Yeah. Um, it pains me to say it, but I've not seen anything in terms of performances like that from any of our other strikers at the club. I think Emil Reese at Reading away was unbelievable. Yeah, but it's a different kind of performance. I'm not saying other strikers haven't put in good performances, but... Yeah, yeah it, I think it, he played it, well, didn't he? Let's let's not beat around the bush. You know, yeah. he's he took his goal well. You know, he's put himself about. He's given their big centre half the right game all game. Um, yeah, I thought Chad did well. To be fair, and it, it just shows like it's just an upgrade on Jaden. And it's no disrespect to Jaden at all, but it's just an upgrade on him. And I just think, yeah, for his first appearance, first night of the season, I think for for us, I thought he did, he did really well. Um, yeah, I think. I think you said it, Ollie, didn't you, when he signed? You know, we, we all three of us have said what we've had to say about off-the-field stuff, but on-the-field stuff, I think you you were quite vocal about it when he signed, Ollie. You know, you said, make no mistake, he is an upgrade on Jaden Stockley. And yesterday's shown that. Well, he is. He can move. Um, you know, I think... No, I did. I said it. I, I yeah, did say no, it. No. I said it straight away. He's an upgrade on Stockley, but I'm not sure that's the benchmark we should be setting as a club. No. But... You know, he is, he is better than Stockley. He's mobile. You know, for a big man, he is mobile. Gets about. He uses his body well. He lays it off well. He's aggressive. You know, I'm not sure Stockley scores that goal yesterday. Um, it just makes it hard. You know, he's yeah. left one in on the keeper. I'm not sure if you've seen, but the keeper's got a massive... Uh, cut around his eye. Cut around his eye. Bit naughty. He should have had you a penalty fo- in the last minute. You followed so it. Bad. That was when he followed in Barky's chance, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he just he plays on plays on the edge a little bit, a little bit yeah. like Garner and Hugo. He just he has got yeah. aggression about him. We knew he was going to be better than Stockley, and yeah. it was good performance yesterday. And I thought we used him 
we used him well because he pinned the middle centre-back, won stuff, and we got in behind the other two centre-backs quite well. Um, so, yeah, it was a good start for him. He's not really played much football recently. Um, you know, even if he won the penalty, you know, he would have had a goal and probably an assist on, on his full debut. So, yeah, it was good. Did well. And yeah. we used him well, which is important because you need to get players close to a striker like that. Yeah, he's now on eight goals in 26 games this season. Because he's played quite a few games before he came to us as well. In terms of that aggressive streak, I think he probably could have walked, you know, if, if with another ref. Mm-hmm. Quite easily, he could have gone yesterday. Um, just because that's the referee at this level. I thought the referee was poor yesterday, by the way. I'm not going to... He's been poor for us before him. You know, when you just recognise a referee and you think, yeah, I yeah. know you for the wrong reasons. Um I just thought he just didn't have real control over the game. I thought he, he was very niggly. And yeah, I think it is a penalty on Chedden last minute. If you look at yeah. it, their lad's completely wrong side. wrong side. And the ref's view of it is awful. It, it, you can't see it because of the position the ref's got himself into. His eye line's completely blocked because he's in a bad position. So. What was the other penalty shot? Was it Whiteman in the first yeah. half? What did you I think, think of that? Soft. I thought, yeah. It'd be soft if he gave that. Yeah, I think it's soft, but I think we've had... I think there's a Sinclair one that we could have had as well. I can't remember what game it was in. When he gets clipped, it's a similar one to that for me. Um, it was a home game again, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I think I on another exactly day which. on another day, you could have had two penalties and a red card for Evans. I think it's just how it goes, isn't it? Yeah. I can't really use that as an excuse because we've created more than enough. You know, we've had 14 shots. I think we've had six in the box. Uh, six on, shot, uh, on target, sorry. About 10 in the box hit the post, you know, Barky's missed a golden chance. So. Do you think yesterday, do you think Alex Neal's sacrificed a bit more of the defensive side of the game to sort of try and go at them a bit more in terms of our attacking play? Because from an attacking point of view, that was better than probably 90% of the games I've seen this season. From, um, from a tactical point of view, I think we've left the wingers high yesterday. Yeah. And sort of allowed their wing backs to press forward. I think even Paul Warren said, he, he told his wing back to stay deeper in the second half because we were getting behind him. And that's why I think their second goal has come about how it has. Um, so I think he did leave Gordon and Barkey a lot higher than he has done. Because if you look at us, we're normally sort of man-to-man. Um, you know, on, on a defensive orientation against the full-backs or wing-backs, we normally follow them, um, you know, even into, that, into, into our own box at times. So I think as well, without Pearson, we are naturally going to be bit more open in the midfield if, you know even in the first 15 seconds you've got Ledson, Malumbi and Whiteman all attracted towards the ball for the goal um, yeah you can see it they're like a flock of sheep running away from a sheepdog yeah so yeah I think he has he has had a little go yesterday attacking we finished with Barkey at right back as well um, which well, I'm not sure that says we're attacking or it says how bad Rafa is perfect time for, for my next question then I'm probably Something that will round up this section. Um, this one's from Alex Garaccino on Twitter. Uh, he's asked, is there a more frustrating player at the club at the minute than Barkey? Um, he's put speedboat no driver in quotes. I think he's sort of alluding to that's how he looks at times. But yeah, he's, he's asked, has lack of a decent, uh, has lack of decent competition stopped him from improving his game? Hmm. Um... So a bit of a bit of a double-barrelled question there. I think speedboat no driver. I think it's a little bit harsh on him. I think he, he is. He's got pace, and I think if he takes that chance yesterday, his confidence is back. I think that's that's the key thing for me because Barky's a confidence player. You know, he's not started. What is it? Four or five games before he started. So I think it's just one of those really where you just got to like. He's always going to be in waves. Like he's going to be streaky, a bit like the manager probably. And I think we just got to get used to that. That some games he's going to play well, and some games it's just not going to be for him. Um, a bit like Sinclair, and obviously him being quite moments based. You know, Sinclair can go two or three games playing average football, and then he'll play that one game and he'll score two or three goals. It's just that's just that's just him as a footballer. And I think Barky's probably very similar in terms of that. I do think he's a good finisher, Barky. I know he gets a bit of stick, but I actually do think he can finish, you know, quite well. Um, it was just no conviction in that chance yesterday. He just no. sort of tried to guide it in. Flapped at it, you know, didn't he, really? 
Um, I think he is lacking a bit of confidence outside the box more than anything for me. I've thought it for a few weeks. He just don't, he just don't want to beat a man anymore. He's so quick. He can, he can get outside pretty much any fullback in the league when he's high on confidence. Um, so I'm not sure if it is. It, I can't remember the last time he you know went on that scoring run. Probably a couple of months ago now. Um, he just he's got, got four in five or yeah, four in six or something like that. Something it? like that. Um, but he always he always does get a chance, Barky. He's always in good areas. Mm. Um, he's definitely not the most frustrating player at a club for me. I think there's a, <laughs> no. couple, there's a couple who take that. In terms of his development and improvement, do you think lack of decent competition has sort of stumped him to an extent? That's what you class as competition. Well, what's because... he had really? Billy Bowden, who's spent no, the last well, 18 if, months. If you think about it, Potts has played an awful lot of football there this season. Yeah, mm, Yeah, true. And, you know, Potts has kept the shirt quite a lot. So you could argue that there is competition there. I know what you mean, though, in terms of a natural winger competing on that side. It might be a bit different. Um, be interesting to see what happens with Gordon and Sinclair because they're both going to start a lot of games. Yeah. Um, I think he's just, like Jimmy says, he's a confidence player, Barky. Like a really big confidence player. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that, really. He's, not, he's actually played in the most games for us this season, Barky. He's played in 27 of our games. Really? Um, yeah, he's not start. He's only started eighteen. I was gonna say it, fe- it feels to me. It feels like the opposite. Like, but yeah. probably that's because he's not started that many. He's sixth in terms of minutes. So, you know, he is play. He is getting game time. I think. What? Where is he in terms of goals? Is he second top goal scorer? Yeah, Sinclair. He'll be second behind Scott, won't he? So, you know, two of them are pens for for Scott. So. You know, it's six against four in terms of actual goals from open play. You know, and then you got Brownie on three. So I thought we missed Brownie yesterday badly. I think it just it just highlights like when he's not playing. I know people like say, "Oh, he's the manager's pet and all that sort of stuff," but shows when he doesn't play like either defensively or giving that bit of an extra attacking spark. It's just like we badly missed it yesterday. He's got quality, Alan Brown as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people forget he has got quality, you know. Well, we, we, I think, well, I say we, you specifically only said it a few weeks ago that you think he's got the potential to play in the Premier League at right back. And whether it's a coincidence or not, Peter said on the podcast with me and Jimmy during the week that Alex Neal has said to him that he feels Alan Brown's got Premier League quality at right back. Well, I think Hi, he Alex. does. I think, you know, if he's playing number 10, he's limited for me. He's, he's not going to get higher than this level, but if you put him to right back, I think he's got all the qualities. Um, yeah. I was going to do a thread on it the other day. In term, I think I, I might have put a couple of stats in the group chat um, yeah, with you boys. But, I mean, if you go from, from, from Brown to Rafferty, there is going to be a natural uh, knockoff. But Alan Brown has got so much going for him. Um, he's only, is he 25? 25, played 270-odd games. Yeah. And no, he, he's more than experienced at the level, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's got all the tools for me to be a really good right back. Um, so hopefully he plays on Friday. And I'm not sure well, if it's an injury or illness or whatever, but we need was, him for these next 20 games. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the official line from the club was that he missed out with a knock, but then the commentator and I thought, oh, said that he was ill. Mm. Misses out with illness. So I suppose we'll wait and see, won't we? So basically no one knows what's going on. Basically, yeah. Let's just be honest. Um yeah. Yeah, cool. I think we can wrap part one up there, fellas. Go and uh, grab a drink and I'll see you in part two. Nice one. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan, and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanks Live is that the news is all free to read, and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanks.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. 
In this part, we'll answer some listener questions and then we'll round off the episode by looking ahead to Friday night's game against Rovers. So one to start with from me, boys. Um, do you think we might see the manager play in a back three or a back five, depending on how you look at it, more often between now and the end of the season? What makes you say that? To try and avoid Rafferty in the side, to try and avoid Hunts in the side. I think, no, because at the end of the day, the manager trusts these players, otherwise he won't be playing them. If he didn't trust either of those two players yesterday, they played separate right back and they'd have played Story instead of Hunts, but he trusts them. You know, he doesn't just chuck them in just for the sake of it. So I don't think he's just going to change shape completely because changing shape, it's not just, you know, people sometimes think it's FIFA and you can just put the back three together and like it's just going to work. But these guys do a lot of training, a lot of trigger press, trigger movements and stuff in terms of things they do tactically. It's not just something that comes together yeah. in the space of to three buttons getting pressed. You know, this is, it, it's true though. Oh, it's, no, like, no, no. It's, 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 it takes time for a tactic and a philosophy and a way of, working to sort of come together it's not just something that happens overnight which I think is something else to consider as well you know we've talked about it in the first half with the amount of new players that have come into the club yeah it's going to take them time to get used to it isn't it well if you, if you think about it, yesterday it's a brand new centre-back partnership and then Van der Beers come on and that's a brand new partnership as well so yeah. if we play a back three it's just you're still going to have the same issue of combinations um, and I think Hunts, if we play three centre-backs, Hunts is going to play as one of them anyway. And yeah, he, he has to play in the middle. So yeah. then Lindsay has to play wide and Lindsay doesn't have the mobility to play wide in a back three for me. Um, so then you'd have to bring Cunningham into it or Hughes and then Vandenberg on the other side. So we probably will play a back three because he has done that all season. Probably played it five or six times, Annie. Um, so I have to see what happens. He normally does it against teams who also play a back three. So... Obviously, they played a back three yesterday and he didn't. Maybe that's yeah. a change because I think Ben Davis is so important. Just going to say that. Just going to say, you've got, within a back three, if you've got Ben Davis there, then it's a completely different style of play. It's a completely different style of back three. But if you're playing a back three of Hughes, Hunts and Sepp, or you're playing Hughes, Lindsay and Sepp, whatever you want to play as a combination, I just don't think it's as good as playing any sort of defensive structure than when you've got Ben Davis in that team. Yeah. So I know we only got 10 minutes, but I thought he looked quite mobile yesterday, Vanderberg. So yeah. could be an option for right back. He's a, uh, he's a bit of a unit, isn't he? He's a tall yeah. lad. I know, yeah. obviously, we got told that when we were on whichever Liverpool podcast it was last week, but didn't yeah. quite realise how big he was. And his, uh, his post-match comments as well. Well, he's, he's, he saw that. Honest. He's honest, <laughs> yeah. It's what you'd want, isn't it? Don't yeah. want someone saying, oh, yeah, we played well today and we, we should have won the game. When I say, look at shit, everyone's feeling a bit down. We just need to put it out on Friday night. Yeah. Day, that's what it's fans who want to hear. Sometimes you just want to, you just want to say and be honest and like, because at the end of the day, that's what we'd rather have. Yeah. Out of a player rather than just, just a bit of paper honesty, over, isn't it? Yeah, it's no point paper over the cracks. And the day, if it's if it's crap, it's crap. But I didn't think we played that badly yesterday. That's the, that's the trouble for me. Like we played, we played worse this season than one games. Mm. I think Birmingham away is probably a good example. I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that Hunts got hooked yesterday and Vanderberg came on. Hunts isn't injured. Um, you know, I'm just thinking that Adam Armstrong, Ben Brereton, you know, mobile, quick attackers might be one to put Vandenberg in. Not sure because as you look at that back four that started yesterday, there's absolutely no pace at all in that yeah. back four. It's, it's frightening. You know, Darnell Fisher wasn't that quick, but he's mobile and he can use his body to get in, get in away. Ben yeah. Davis is ben that was Davis his trademark, quick. wasn't it? Yeah, Ben Davis is quick. So, you know, if you're taking them out and you're putting Lindsay in, who's a big, you know, he's, he's a big physical centre back. He's a bit like four, he's a bit like Bauer in the fact that he's not quick. Um, and you put Rafferty, he's just one pace. You know, you're losing a lot of pace from your back four. Just on Pat, how big of a mess do you think he's been since he's been out? I mean, obviously we all know how, how much we've missed him, but in terms of like the game to game and all that sort of stuff, just how, how much do you think we have missed him? Personally, I don't think we've missed him that badly up till now because Davis and Hunts as a partnership did really well. You know, they kept what six clean sheets in ten games at one point. You know, so you, we can't say that we've badly missed Bauer because Hunts was coming and done a job. 
And he's done a good job with somebody who knows at centre half. The issue we're going to have now is that now Hunts has lost his his crutch. To be fair, you know, in terms of that person that's next to him, that he's developed a relationship with over probably a hundred games. That's going to highlight a bit of an issue for me, especially now we're playing with two centre halves that have got limited pace. You know, so if Hunts goes to the ball now and it, you know he misses it or the their centre forward wins the head or what have you. He's not got the pace reaping behind of like of Ben Davis. You know, it's just not there. Yeah. Same like when we're not when Alan Brown's not on the pitch, you've not got someone who can sweep behind that's got pace and that's got that sort of that can spot things happening before they happen. You know, that little yeah. bit of game you know, game can intelligence the game more than anything. Can... Yeah. Yeah, I think can we, can we've we've, we've taken happening. that for granted. We've taken that for granted massively with Ben Davis. Um, he's a bit of an anomaly at this level for me. You know, he's he's so quick for a centre back. You just don't see it, um, and we probably come accustomed to how quick he is. So we probably don't realise that he gets us out of so many situations. I think Bauer has been a big miss. Um, I think we've changed the way we play for a start. Without without a pairing of Bauer and Davis, we're deeper. We don't press as much. We protect the space behind us a lot deeper. Um, so, yeah, I think it has been a big miss. I think, obviously, it goes back to what I said. I think you can carry players when you've got a player of Ben Davis's quality. Yeah. I think now we're going to see how good they are individually. Well, we've said it before, haven't we? You know, you can afford to carry one in the, in the back four. Um, people point to there was not many complaints when Rafty was playing left-back last season and was doing well. I mean, obviously, aside from <clears throat> us. But everyone can when, think of when, but when you've got a back four of Fisher, Bauer, Davis, and Rafty, like we've said, you can you can afford to carry one, and yeah. that's your one at left back. Yeah, I've seen that comment today saying um, Rafty's getting so much stick because because the from the Trini boys um, give him stick. But don't do people a disservice. Everyone can think of themselves. You know, Rafty isn't bad because we say he's bad. And and a lot of the people giving him stick have given us shit for giving him stick in the past. Yeah, so. You know, <laughs> what can you say to that? Um, can't you just can't win sometimes, can you? Just let the game do the talking. Honestly, that's the exactly. easiest thing to do. Let because let, people at the end of the day, people will have an opinion, will have an opinion on us. It's like I'm not going to lose sleep on it if they think I'm X, Y, or Z. You know, I've been called a lot worse in <clears> my time. <throat> but end of the day, like we're just giving an opinion. You know, feel free to obviously chip in and like and, and tell us what you think as well because then that's what makes it that's what makes a, f- a fan base it's, it's discussion now, isn't it yeah it is it's because you've got to draw the line between discussion and just being you know Dick. damn right vile you know because I, there's, there's some vi- there's some vile stuff on social media at the minute like the stuff that's just not called completely uncalled for you know mm. saying someone's had a poor game isn't vile you know especially if you're backing up within a pit with with your opinion with what you've seen you know calling someone X, Y, or Z, but, and that's completely uncalled for and like quite derogatory is is yeah. wrong. You know, let's just because end of the day, especially with the world as it is now, you know, is this in just, reference to criticism that Rafty's been getting? I've seen quite it, a lot. I've seen quite a lot in the last twenty four hours. I haven't seen. I've seen more tweets from people saying the criticism Rafty's getting is is vile than I have seen him getting any direct abuse. But, but I've seen. I, I, I spent a lot of the night off Twitter last night, so yeah. The, the the interesting thing for me is the difference in narrative between Fisher and Rafferty. Because mm. we've had two ex-pros on the podcast last week saying Fisher's liability and then in the same breath saying Rafferty is an honest pro. I just think the change in narrative is so interesting there because Fisher picks up yellow cards. But if you want to talk about liabilities, look at Rafferty's last four or five home appearances. You know, he's, given, he's given away, he's been sent off against Rovers, given away the penalty. He's been hooked against Wickham. He's given away the penalty against Reading. And he scored an own goal yesterday. I mean, if Fisher had done that, I would agree Fisher would be a liability. But, but he'd also never be getting it. he'd be getting crucified as well. So, you know, I've got nothing against Giraffe at all as a person, as we've said before, because he's, he's probably is an honest guy. But, you know, I just think the change in narrative between the two is just bizarre for me. And... Let's, let's make no bones about it. Darnell Fish has been Alex Neal's number one right back since he joined the club. Mm. And he's been sold from under his feet. That's just how yeah. it is. Yeah, reading between, not, reading between the lines and what's been said from two different parties at the club, it's clear to see that he's been sort of, the manager's yeah. had nothing to do with it. 
And for me, to say we are stronger now at right back is just a laughable comment. It's just not true. It's simply not true. Because you've gone from having Darnell Fisher, Alan Brown and Joe Rafty to having Alan Brown and Joe Rafty. With maybe... um, Malumbi, Barkey, Vandenberg. Well, this leads nicely into my next question, actually. So this one's from Peter Seddon on Twitter, and he's asked, when Brown is injured, should we be playing Barkey at right back? I'd rather have Malumbi. I think Malumbi's got makings of a good right back. Think Hasn't Vandenberg. he played there before, Malumbi? For... Not sure. I don't know if it's maybe... I'm sure I read something the other day that he'd played there before. Um, I think Barkey's seen quite a few games out there when you need an attacking option. Yeah, he's or done need... 15, 20 minutes there, hasn't he? And yeah. Closed the game out. But it's worrying that we're talking about these things when Joe Rafferty is a right back. Um, yeah, and he's at the club. Yeah. Shouldn't have got to this point. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have to, having to be having these conversations now about should we be, should we want a player into a position because what we've got isn't good enough because we've sold our best right back. It's just, mm. just stupid. It's just, it's, really, just it's shit. Yeah, it's just it's not. It's, well, it is, but it's also really disappointing from our point of view because like we can get to, to a certain point as a football club, but then we we go backwards again. It's like yeah. it's like ten step forward, fucking twenty back. And Fisher's Fisher's gone into Borough and started both of their games as well. You know, oh, yeah. a team done, on, done very well by all accounts. A team on the verge of the playoffs, so mm. I think that says a lot. We got battered yesterday, didn't they? But like the first game, he's marked. What's his name? Todd Cowell out of the game. Out of the game. So and they've been beaten by the best team in the league yesterday as well. Oh, uh, they're going to walk it, aren't they? I think. What's that now? It's silly amount of games unbeaten, isn't it? Twenty. Frightening. Just on Rafferty, by the way, on this social media stuff, is I've just gone on Twitter, just done a search. There's three tweets aimed at him yesterday, like and tagged him in it, which is naughty. Like we don't need to be, you don't need to be doing that. No, you know, don't, you don't need to be tweeting him saying you're stealing a living. That's just naughty. It's bang out of order, and yeah, it's yeah. I think that says more about the person tweeting than it does about Rafi. Absolutely, yeah, um, and. You know, we don't condone it. We've been accused of being shitheads to players before, but we've never directly gone for a player without backing it up with. Like Jimmy said, like Jimmy said, no, we don't. But no, we 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 criticise players based on what we see, and we back it up with with data and information. David Nugent playing in League Two now. Jaden Stockley playing in League One. Joe Rafferty's getting pelters from all sides. Yeah. We're just commenting on, on the football and like Jimmy said, let the football do the talking because it always does in the end. Yeah. And I think as, aside from those three, I'm not aware of many other players that we've consistently gone after. Not gone after, I, but you know I, what I'm, you know what I'm saying. I, I oh, what but you saying, know what I'm saying. Like, gone after is not the right phrase, but... Yeah. If you're like, going to comment on football, 11 players don't play out of the skin every week, do they? They're, no, exactly. They're all consistently bad performers and that's why they drop down the leagues because mm. they're not championship players. You can only comment on what you see, but to directly tweet abuse uh, uh, is a completely different story. Yeah, yeah. that's wrong. That, yeah, that, that, it's that, it's out know, of order. Well, you just don't need to do it. It's like, what, what, what is that going to gain? What, what positive is going to come from you tweeting directly Joe Rafton? He's going to look at his phone thinking, God's sake, not that again. Mm. You know, no one whose confidence is on his on its arse. Because okay, I don't think he'll listen to the podcast. I don't think anyone will even tell him about the podcast, to be honest with you, because like, he's a professional footballer. He's got, probably got better things to do. Yeah. But as fans, yeah, of course we're going to have an opinion well, on it. We learned that one ex-player only learned of the podcast this week. Well, yeah. That was an interesting exchange. But anyway, less said about that, the better. Um, next question then, and last one for this section. This one's from Jack on Twitter, and he's asked, are Alex Neal's substitutes his biggest weakness? Not for me. I think his biggest weakness is signing poor defenders or identifying poor defenders to sign. I don't think he substitutes. It's funny, like, because he's made some subs in the past that have changed games. You know, look at Stockley coming out against Rovers, the lads coming out against Sheffield Wednesday last season when we won 3 1, 3 1-0 down. It's not like they're consistently bad. It's probably another one of these that sort of questions it's sort of aimed at why you're bringing pots on in a home game and I, you know the other two subs he made at that point were fine you know he's brought on Seth Vandenberg 
for for Hunts because he, he wanted a bit of mobility back there, or if you know whatever's happened. What was this we made yesterday? He brought on Vandenberg, Potts, Maguire, Sinclair, and DJ. See, I forget Maguire coming on. I don't even know where he came on for. To be honest with you, I've completely forgot. The thing um, is, if he if came Sinc- on, was it Rafferty? Yeah. And Barker, Barker went to right, to right back. back. Barker went to right back. The thing back. is, if if Sinclair is half a yard deeper, then two of his subs combined to score a goal yesterday. So, yeah. you know, I thought, so- I thought Scott did well. To be fair, actually, I thought he looked looked good. Limited time in it to make it make a real impact on the game, but but like Ollie's just said, he's 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 you know a, a, a few inches further back, and and he does impact the game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's moments play, isn't it? Like 24, mm. yeah, 24 minutes yesterday. So, Just something you mentioned as well yesterday, Ollie, in the group chat. He never looked like missing, did he? No. He's always scoring. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you put him, if you give him a couple of them chances in the first half, I think it's a different game. Um, yeah. He needs to start. You know, Gordon and Sinclair need to be starting. We need to be going at teams. Um, for me, I think his subs, yeah. You know, we've massively criticised him in the past. I think it was... Was it a Luton game and a Barnsley game away? Yeah. Um, Criticising for bringing Cunningham and Rafferty on last week. They're not his strengths, are his, his subs? I think his strengths clearly improving players and selling them to Premier League clubs. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can question that. Definitely not. Rovers then? Oh. <laughs> that, that, that time of the season. I could have done, we could do with playing them a month later, couldn't we really? Do you think we'll be invited back onto Radio Lance? Not clearly. <laughs> depends on it depends on how this comes across when Andy yeah. listens to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, they've lost the first in four this weekend. Um, obviously, they lost against QPR one nil. Um, in comparison to December, the form has improved. But you know, you can you can look at a local derby and and ignore all that. For me, you know, it's it's on the day. It's how. Players get themselves up for the game, and we—I mean, you—you you only have to look at the game in November to see how shit we were. Yeah, yeah, but well, the game you know in November—it's it's the game in November, right? We need to just just put it out there. If we go in at nil-nil, right, and we don't concede the penalty, and we don't go down to ten men, it could be quite easily a different game. Yeah, because yeah, they played well first off. Yeah, they came at us, and they—you know—they did, but they didn't score until we had to. We gifted them a penalty, and, and obviously. Rafferty got sent off. It's nil-nil at that point. It's like people keep saying, oh, yeah, we got battered. We, you know, we only got battered completely in the second half because we're down to 10 men and chasing shadows. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, exactly what Jimmy just said. I think there's quite a lot of revisionism about that game. Understandably in a way, but they've only won one game in 11 against top 10 sides. All their wins have been against, you know, 11th and down. So they're a decent mid-table side for me. I'm not sure they have quite enough for the playoffs. I think Armstrong scored three goals in 13 games now. Do you um, think his bubble's burst? I think he's a very good player. I think, I think, you know, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but in terms of his form for this season, you know, you look at Ivan Tony and he's been consistently brilliant. They're on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think these runs can happen when you're playing a team like Blackburn, you know, when you're playing in a Brentford team, they're going to score goals every week. I think Rovers have only been scoring one goal, really. They've not. They scored three goals five times up to the North End game. Since then, they've not scored three goals once. I don't think so. The goals are drying up. You know, maybe teams are cutting on to how they sort of um, destroy high defensive lines because that's what Adam Armstrong does, which is why it worries me on Friday. But yeah, I think they are slightly better than us. In the I don't. I don't think. I don't think many people would argue against that. I, I think you'd find a, a lot would. A lot of people hate Blackburn and you know can't see can't see it objectively. Um, well, yeah, true. I think their recruitment's a lot better. I think they're a lot more settled. Well, we mentioned it earlier on in the podcast. You only need to look at their use of the loan market compared to ours. Yeah, I think their academy setups a lot better. Bring yeah. better players through. So I think they're just slightly at, ahead of us. The category one, aren't they, from an EPP perspective? So they're going to obviously have a better infrastructure. Obviously, Brockholes is at their training ground. It's amazing from what I've t- what I've heard. It's like leaps and bounds on what we've got at, at Exton. Um, obviously, they've got an under-23 setup as well, which also helps player development. 
In terms of actual their form, the last 12 games, won four, drawn three, lost five. So, what, 15 points last 12 games, but only 12 goals. So, like you just said there, the goals are sort of drying up a little bit. Um, it's an opportunity. Like, if we, if we do play with a bit of a deeper line and we use our, I suppose, counter-attacking exploits, Sinclair, Gordon, Barkey, I don't know who will go up top. Might go with Chad again. I think he'll go with DJ in the in the ten roll. Um, I think he'll he'll drop Malumbi back. I think it'll be Malumbi and Whiteman as the two holders. Um, and I think if we do that, because it's their strengths are their attacking three. You know, let's not beat around the bush. You know, that got a few minutes as well yesterday. So I don't think they'll just chuck him straight into a derby game. He's, I think he started against Stoke, started against Doncaster, but he's just getting minutes here and there because obviously it's a big injury that he had last year. But yeah, on paper they've got a good side. It's not, it's not questionable. Um, you know, a front three of Armstrong, Elliot, and Gallagher yesterday. Bringing on Dak, bringing on Dolan, who's not started a league game since before we played him, so he's not actually starting every week for all this talk that he's the second coming of Christ. It's just, it's just a. Fu- <laughs> It's, no, it's just like, it's just people speaking Nickel, to suit Nickel agenda. Nickel isn't it? But, you know, it's speaking to suit an agenda. The guy wanted to leave the football club. So all he even said of, himself, I wouldn't have signed a contract. So Because there's no there's no bridge to the first team. There's no gap. So, uh, sorry, there's no pathway. Yeah. And, you know, we let a couple go last year. We let Jack Armour go to Carlisle, but no one's like Top beating on the bus two. on that. Top of the, well, the, the six now, but we're like oh, four right. games in hand or something. But he's a Scotland Youth International. No one's like getting excited because we've let him go. And he's obviously... Probably because he's gone to League Two. Yeah, Joe Nolan's just joined Blackburn Rovers as well. He's mm. to join to going to the under-23 set that we let go last year. So we've let quite a few lads go out of the academy. It's not just on Tyrese. And he wasn't going to sign anyway. I'm sick of talking about it. The guy didn't want to be here. So... You know, everyone can sort of get excited about, oh, he's scored that goal against us, against an injured Darnell Fisher, let's not forget. You know, Darnell was on his, on his knees at that point because he, he had an injury. So, like, yeah, just it's just things to see what agendas in it, really. But I think it's, it's a tough game for us. You know, it's a derby game. It's a derby game without fans as well, which is never going to be as normal as if we've got 7,000 on the Blackburn then. So, yeah. We'll just wait and see what happens. Yeah, I think Joe Rothwell's a really good player. So he got a good yeah. midfield as well. You know, they got got quality all over the pitch. I think Ryan Nyambi's out contract in the summer. Really good right back. Um, Harwood Bellis has gone in there. Lenehan's a really good player. They signed the lad from Crew and uh, loaned him back. Pickering, hope he's good. Oh, players. have they loaned him back? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They've just got you know they have got a good squad. I think you know with a more ambitious manager they probably could be. You know, really pushing the top six. Barry Douglas as well, haven't they? Yeah, Howard Bellis came on as a sub. He played at right back yesterday. Um, he came on for Nambi. Nambi's out of contract in the season. So is Holtby. So that they, they've got their own issues in terms of out of contract players as well. At the end of the season, Douglas didn't play yesterday. They had um, Amari Bell at right at left back. So I don't know if that's an injury. He's, he's got, a good he's player. Got, He's a very good player. He's got he's got promotion to Premier League under his belt with with Wolves and Leeds. So and he's Leeds, not like yeah. he's not he's not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He knows this so, league, doesn't he? Knows how to get out of it. Mm. Predictions then? Four 0 Rovers. Well, that's positive. <laughs> I've just you know we are in a massive massive transition. People don't want to hear it, but we are, and just not the game I'd want to be going into. Uh, it's not great timing, is it, really? No, like I said before, I'd, I prefer this game to be a month later. I think one apiece, personally. It's on Sky. I, I think 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, we don't. We, we, we never do well on Sky, do we? That's, when was the last time we, we played one on Sky and we've shown the nation that we're actually a decent football team? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um, well, on that note then, unless you boys have got anything else you want to say, I think we can wrap that up. See you on Friday. Cool, see you, Friday, see you on mate. Friday, yeah. Be, um, be an interesting one. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode 38 of the From the Finney podcast. As I said at the start, you can support us by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. 
And if you aren't already, go and give us a follow on Twitter and make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Cheers, fellas. Appreciate your time as always. And I'll hand you over to the Juice to play us out with their new single, Tell Me Tina. Uh, Yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you. Nice one. All right, North End fans. The Juice here. You're listening to From the Finney. This is our brand new single, Tell Me Tina. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah.